everybody and welcome to another episode of mixing it up with maggie my name is maggie and thank you guys for listening we have a special well i have a special um storytelling series now in october as some of you guys may know from my other show um the feminist tea party i am obsessed with halloween with witches and with anything that's scary but some of you guys may not know that i'm also a huge fan of folklore especially Latin American folklore. Um, and I thought that it would be a great way of bringing my two passions together and doing scary stories from Latin America. So some of you guys may know that between September 15 and October 15, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month here in the U.S. And there's a lot of different countries, both in uh, uh, Central America and South America, that celebrate their independence um, between the fifth between the two 15th um so that's why we have um kind of this kind of lump of of celebration between september 15th and october 15th but during the month of october we also have halloween so it's all about scary stuff um and um i don't know i i thought it would be a really good idea um for both my friends and i to explore like scary stories but from our own home countries as you guys may know i'm from the dominican republic but i have friends from all over the world and today i'm very very excited to have with me uh sasha hi everybody i'm sasha i have a background in social journalism and i'm here to tell you a panamanian folklore um so, Sasha, you actually did a, another video with me just a few weeks ago about a favorite TV show. So I feel like we, we are like in this sync of like, you know, telling telling the stories that we both enjoy. Yeah, totally. I'm like, we're both avid TV lovers and we love some of the same shows like Schitt's Creek and The Magician. So you should check out that episode. Yes, definitely. So as we are gearing up... Um, for a fall TV, we're also, you know, reading up on our, on our um, scary stories from Latin America. And Sasha just mentioned you're from Panama. Now, when you were little, were you told scary stories or? Not really. Like it, my scary story experience as a kid was like when you know when a bunch of kids are together and we're just like <laughs> laughing and then we're telling scary stories around like in like a little corner of the room so the teacher doesn't hear but one story i heard from my uncle it didn't have like a folklore attached it was like there's certain parts of panama where kids get taken and put into soup so he's like so when we go to panama don't run away <laughs> so that was the extent of like adults telling me scary stories when i was a kid i think the motif for the next four episodes um in this scary series um s storytelling series um will definitely be how um those stories not only relate to our culture but they're also like um fables you know like the stories that were used to kind of teach something so um we are actually at one of new york public libraries and i feel like we are in that mode of like let's tell a scary story we're in like in this weird bubble like space that they have for little children so let's see what happens um so i'm gonna have sasha tell a story it's gonna be in spanish i'm gonna put it down below and yes i am going to be um trying to find the story in english for you guys but i think it would it would even um be even scarier 
in Spanish in the native language and how it was told. Um, and if you guys don't know Spanish, please learn Spanish. I'm going to be doing more like bilingual series. And if I had to learn English, you guys have to learn Spanish. So, so here we go. La Silampa. Esta leyenda tiene algo en particular. Prácticamente todos en Panamá han escuchado o han escuchado mencionar a la Silampa, pero pocos saben realmente qué es y tienden a pensar que es o está relacionada con la Tepesa o la Tuli Vieja. Nada más lejos de la realidad. En las noches de invierno, cuando niebla fría baja de las montañas, es cuando la silampa hace sus apariciones. Su forma es como de un sábara blanca que sobrevuela el campo, confundiéndose con la niebla. Atrapa a cualquier cauto que se atreva a andar a esas horas de las noches. Lo envuelva y lo chupa hasta dejarlo en los huesos. Citando el libro 26 leyendas panameños de Sergio González Riz. Que separan a los santos veraguas como inmensos estadios o anfiteatros mitológicos, azulosos en medio de un velo sutil. El frío en tanto aumenta y hablando y gesticulando y tomando grandes tragos de whisky. Escoces y coñac español tratamos en vano de entrar el calor. Julio, nuestro guía, que ha notado que Elías Está tiritando, dice sentenciosamente, a ese se lo come esta noche la silampa. Todos ríen porque notan que nuestro amigo está muerto de frío, pero el viejo Marcos, que todo lo observa, me dice a media voz, Julio se ha referido al frío, y evidentemente porque ya por excepción se le llama también silampa. Pero la silampa es otra cosa. La silampa es madre de la noche. Los últimos reflejos del poniente van desapareciendo poco a poco y solo quedan en el cielo unas pocas nublecillas como copos de algodón deshilachados a los que la luz muriente de la tarde ha tenido de un color rosado encantador. Julio y Marcos, después de desencilar los caballos y ponerlos a pastar, se han dado la tarea de hacer un gran hoguera. Todos ayudamos juntando grandes troncos que después de poco tiempo ardan y chisporotean. Nos congregamos alrededor de la hoguera. A pesar de de los abrigos hace frío pues ya ha caído la noche y el viento y el viento corta calentamos nuestros bastimientos en las brasas que se han formado ya y ahí, entre trago y trago como comemos con gran apetito la gallina adobada sudada los huevos duros y las papas cocidas con sal 
se conversa, se habla en serio y en broma sobre proyectos de hacer una ciudad alta en las alturas, de cómo comenzar nosotros haciéndose cada una una casita para ir a verianar. Hablamos de los 2,000 cultivos que hay en este cerro maravilloso en donde además de los cafetales hay canaverales, maizales y arrozales en las faldas in, y en las laderas, en donde nacen cuatro o cinco ríos y innumerables quebradas, en donde hay una, un clima fresco y grato y los más bellos paisajes imaginables. Terminada la comida, nos tendemos así vestidos y envueltos en gruesas mantas de lana en nuestros catrecitos de campaña o en hamacas. Arriba tenemos el cielo, lleno de millones de astros lejanos enigmáticos. Alguien vuelve a hablar de la silampa y se le pida al viejo Marcos que explique bien lo que es la silampa. Es la madre de la noche, como decían antes, dijo Marcos. Sale a las doce de la noche, especialmente en las noches oscuras de invierno. Se ve como una sombra blanca que se va creciendo y creciendo rápidamente, más alta que una palma, y así se va creciendo hasta que se pierde de vista. Si usted no anda listo a meterse bajo techo o debajo de un árbol, se viene encima. Manuel María y que ya estaba en fuego, comentó desde su camastro. Eso era cuando amaraban los perros con longaniza. Ahora no hay silampa que valga. Elías, pásame acá la botella. Continuó Marcos dirigiéndose a mí. Su abuelo fue un hombre que no conoció el miedo. Sin embargo, una noche tenía que ir al puerto de Mensabe a medianoche a embarcarse. Montó en su mula cuando llegó a la matita del miedo justamente a las doce de la noche. Le salió la silampa y empezó a crecer y crecer. Se le venía para encima. Así que no le quedó más recurso que revirar a la mula pa para atrás y meterse a las espuelas y correr a meterse en el primer portal del pueblo que encontró. Pronto nos envolvió una nube en sus blandas y sutiles redes. Se ocultaron las estrellas y se hizo más intenso el frío. Todos nos volvimos un óvilo arropados de pie a cabeza y nos dormimos. What is the first thing that came to your mind when you were reading the story? Because I know for me, I told you what it was, but... I'm like for me it kind of came to mind like when you're when you're young and you're scared of the dark and there's always something in the dark coming to get you and your parents are telling you like oh don't be outside at night don't do this and then you come up with stories of like what's in the dark like there's something in your closet that's coming to get you there's some type of monster so la silampa made me think of like being paralyzed in fear because there's something in your closet um And you had said that you thought of just your, like, uh, the cause of it being, like, not wanting to be in the dark. So culture creates stories for why you shouldn't be outside in the dark. 
Yeah, so um, from from what you guys heard, and obviously, you know, I put the, the story down below for you guys to, to read along with us. Um, it's this, so La Silampa is basically this white kind of nubilis creature or thing that, that people usually say that it looks like the fog, that if you are outside in Panama late at night and it's winter, it just comes down on you and it sucks you dry until you're left with only bones and when i heard that i was like the dementors is this where she got it from <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> no i mean like the dementors come from somewhere else but that's what i thought about like this kind of because it doesn't have a shape it says that people confuse it with the fog it um it's interesting because when i was younger when when my one of my baby cousins was born like we had to go pick up my older his brother at uh my aunt's apartment and i don't know why but i had a dream of like a it was it was winter kind of because it was february and i had a dream of like him coming out of a fog which like rem kind of reminds me of the silampa i fell asleep in the car and i did thought he just showed up at our house through the fog <laughs> so the silampa made me think of my cousin and that dream I thought it was interesting that um, so in sp uh, if you guys, if any of uh, if you listeners know Spanish, we our language is very gendered, and so having something la silampa, it has like a feminine feature to this creature, and it's weird because usually when you think of things that can happen to you in the dark, you think of like a predator, you think maybe of like a w well, first of all, you think of like an animal, and second of all, for me and my culture is always like. Esos tigres, esos, esos hombres que salen en la noche, you know, those men in the, at night. But this is actually a female kind of shape that instead of, I don't know, doing like what we normally would think of a female figure, like nurturing or she will protect you at night kind of thing. It was about it comes for you at night. It also like we also have these like ascribe things to women that they're like very when women actions are not as like overt as men so it's like kind of sneaky and creeps up on you so it kind of like when you said that I thought of like how you think of women who kill and they're never that as obvious as men who kill they kind of just creep around and they just get you pretending to be something else so like you think it's the snow but it's fog <laughs> oh, oh that is so true it's kind of like that um what is it? A wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing, you know, like we're sneaky. Um, I that actually reminded me of like, you know, um, witches and and uh, you know uh, these kind of female figures that come down on you. And there's always kind of like this flight kind of thing, like it comes down. But um, so uh, there's this guy. His name is Sergio Gonzalez Ruiz, and he wrote this book, and it's called. Um, 26 leyendas panameñas or 26 um, Panamanian legends and he speaks about La Silampa and then what you read was like that story and what it, what it really kind of got to me was like not being so much afraid of the dark but also afraid of the cold and maybe it's just me being ignorant but is there some I know that there's like cold weather but it's not really winter or is there or is there like true winter Wait, in so panama uh, there there isn't really a winter like 
now thinking about it, like there isn't really a winter, at least from my knowledge in Panama. Like the way I was explained, it's kind of spring and summer all the time there, but there is like a lot of rain. But I've my mom never saw snow until she got to the U.S. So I'm not sure if it's maybe just chilly nights and they call it winter because it gets kind of cold. So it might be that for them because they don't really have a winter over there. Yeah, that ju- that's like um, in DR because we don't have winter, but people, as soon as it gets a little bit of chilly, they chilly. You see them wearing like boots and coats and I'm like, it's still fine. It's like, it's still <laughs> it's still fine outside but it's kind of like that fear of like it gets it gets darker quicker um and being in the cold also um in the story we heard like you know they were all kind of lumping together and and this kind of um this one place and they have like you talk about like this big big blanket and being warm so i feel like also being cold or being outside not having a place to go like they were talking about um i think it was like their grandfather or something he mentioned that he was almost killed by la silampa or whatever because he was running he was he just got into the first place he found so i think also culturally speaking is talks about like you know uh, people not having a, a place to go or maybe people that are poor that maybe live in a house or that is not a hundred percent um, covered w- all the time in winter time. Made me think of what you're just saying. Made me think of like how we have homeless people in the street and they disappear, d- like, and especially in the co- like at least for the U.S. in the cold, a lot of people who are homeless end up frozen to death and stuff like that. So it made me think of like people who don't have homes and then they just disappear and you they, you can't find them. It could be La Silampa if that exists for us. <laughs> I also feel like um, the name of it, La Silampa es la Madre de la Noche, also going back to what we were talking about, giving this this creature some sort of like female aspect, like Silampa, the Silampa is the mother of the night. And I think at the end of the day, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about having fables that you tell little kids, you know, don't be home late. Something can happen to your night. Somebody can take you. So, and I think that this goes back to also what your uncle told you about, like the kidnappings or whatever that made you really scared. Because, yeah, little little kids that want running around at night, anybody can just snatch them. And it's interesting because for La Silampa, it in another um, a Panamanian website that lists a bunch of folktales says that Silampa doesn't just choose children; it chooses children or adults. So it's kind of a story for all. <laughs> it It's kind of like, oh, both of you, make sure you're both at home in your house, at least somewhere to stay. It doesn't have to be your home just so La Silampa don't come and get you. <laughs> I also like um, something that, I, that also caught my attention was La Matita del Miedo, um, which it translates to the little tree of fear and that's where the i guess like the grandpa was um it says he 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 was there when the night hit him and it was 12 at night that's how i feel like that's also um significant because in a lot of folklore and just myths and legends like um 
the number three, the number seven, and the number and the twelve. Also, I feel like they're like recurring numbers that kind of twilight between the two days of this day just passing and this day just is starting. Um, so yeah, it says that that's where that's where it happened. It was a um, I also think just 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 take a minute and think about it, you guys. Like it's this white blanket of something that comes at you and it has no shape. I think that's absolutely terrifying, but also really cool. But that's just from me because I'm into like horror and stuff. Um but yeah, I think um I think it's it it kind of translates to this fear of the night. I'm not a very good connoisseur of Panamanian culture because I've spent not much time there, but I do think that it has a role. Like there's, I know that there's a uh, definitely a section of Panama that has Santeria going on. Um, like most most Latin American countries have some type of brujeria, brujas going on. So I think maybe that might play into La Silampa, like being home at night so that something might not happen to you. I feel like it's indicative of like a culture of where, hey, things are not safe at night. You, th- any number of things could get you, so you should stay inside. Did, did it by any chance remind you of any other um, story, whether it was from Panama or from here, any other legend. For me, it reminded me a little, like I told you, like the Dementors from Harry Potter, but then also like, um, I want to say El Cuco from the Dominican Republic. Like, but El Cuco is a little different because it has to do with like, you know, it, it it was in the darkness and it was El Cuco, so I'm guessing it's male. So it's a little different. But did it remind you of anything of anything else? I think I'm gonna say the Harry Potter Dementors thing, yeah. like it, because Dementors and Harry Potter they co- they come out of fog, right? I think it's, just, yeah. Th- it's kind of foggy when they're around, <laughs> 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 and then they just come and just drain you. So that's definitely like, the only difference is like Dementors are actual, not people, but entities that are coming out of fog. Lampa is just the fog that's doing it all for you. But yeah, it's definitely a Harry Potter remembrance for me. I also think that um, when I heard uh, in Spanish when it says like, oh, y te chupa hasta dejando, dejándolo en los huesos, it reminds me of so like el chupacabra. I don't know. You know, like we have like el chupacabra and like our, our folklore as well. Um, that it's some it, like something that has teeth or something that bites you something that sucks something out of you so i think of you know and this is just a, a a stretch but like we don't have a lot of vampire folklore in our in latin america that's more like european eastern european folklore um but i'm guessing like our version will be like a chupacabra or just like you know something about biting and sucking out your blood like that is um like a motif, I guess, in, in in many folklores as well. Anything else that caught your eye or that um, you thought like, oh, this reminded me of something or um, this is so like Panamanian of them to 
to, <laughs> to say to have there. Um, and I do. And going back to what you were saying, I do think that they were camping because I just reread a little bit. And it, they do say that they're like by the fire and they're like cooking and all of that stuff. So it's kind of like this scary camp story. Um, I feel like I, I, I want to research more and I want to um, see if we can find that actual book because I think it's um, uh, interesting. And I also think it's interesting that we all have similar stories. I think in this series, moving forward, there's going to be, obviously, there's going to be certain motif. And I think being in the dark or being outside at a later time, it's such a, I feel like a Latin American thing, too. Like, we don't live in a safe place, and so we need to be home before darkness falls or something like that. That's, like, our thing. Yeah, and, like, even thinking now, it reminds me of, like, an American kind of um scary story the boogeyman everybody hears about the boogeyman you can't the boogeyman's gonna get you if you don't go to sleep on time the boogeyman's gonna get you if you're out late at night so that also kind of reminds me dementor sulampa i'm just like oh everybody has something to scare kids to go to bed on time and to not be out late at night so all of these folklores and like fables are just like you know parents that really want their kids to go to sleep so they just make these things up <laughs> but anyways uh sasha thank you so much for for joining me in uh this storytelling series um and i hope that we can collaborate later on um but you guys let us know what do you guys think of the story uh put the the story down below the the link to where you can find it um and what if we find like another panamanian like out of out of this you know, search that we have going on for Latin American folklore. Maybe we can find another Panamanian story that's even scarier or um, a similar one. I would like to see if there's like a similar one in another country with the same kind of aspects. I would like to see how they, yeah, how they would approach it. And if the figure is women too, I kind of want to, you know, tackle that as well. But thank you so much, Sasha. Um, what, did, what did you think about it at the end and your final thoughts on the matter? Like I, I was excited to do this because I didn't really know much about Panamanian folklore. So finding La Silampa and then reading what Maggie researched, it taught me a lot about scary stories in Panama. Um, so that's what I was excited to learn and share with everybody. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for um, our next scary story coming next week. Mm-hmm.